show number 55 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. So let's talk about dolls. The pretty little dolly can dance. Do you know that song? No. It's my favorite perverted Christmas song. I'm going to send it to you. It's so good. Who sings it? Is it like a Shirley Temple? Mona somebody. Oh. It's a, it's a, a, a grown-up pretending oh. to be this sick little girl. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I would be saying what number show this is, but I don't remember. It's 50-something. 50 Brazilian. 50 Brazilian. I like that. Okay. So, yes, let's talk about dolls. Well, we have this doll here, which was sent to us. It's a lovely gift. Yep. It is a really nice gift. Is that his dirty Kleenex hanging out of his sleeve? He's got on this, his, his Kirk pants. He's wearing his Kirk pants, but the shirt is like, um, it looks like it was a handmade shirt that someone sewed this up. Uh, but it's kind of coming apart, and I was confused as to whether it was supposed to be ripped or whether it just ripped. And it's olive green. Yeah. Um, it's got the sleeves, the cuffs, and and neck of the uh, where no man. Yeah, costume it does. Had. Yeah. But it's 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 really big on him. <laughs> like it it hangs down to his knees almost. And so when Lena popped this out and showed it to me, I said, "Well, that's um, the shirt he borrowed from Raggedy Ass Spock uh-huh. from when they beamed down to the Nazi planet. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's Kirk in the hood." But then you pointed out something else. Well, wait a minute. See, look, I'm pulling his pants down Ooh. like like the homies do. Yeah. yeah so, oh, okay. So his underwear be showing in the back. His underwear. Right? Yeah. 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 So okay. then, then we need to, we need to get him a little hat, <sighs> a baseball cap. He can wear backwards. Yeah, I like that idea. I wonder if that shirt was made for a bigger doll. You know, it's entirely possible that it was, um, because it, it's not a bad shirt. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the work on the collar is actually quite nice. And the cuffs. Yeah, collar and cuffs, and they match. Um, but the thing about this shirt, I notice, and and this Kirk doll. So this is the Mego Kirk doll that we um, we both have, uh, and he's kind of standing with his legs pointed a little bit apart. And because the shirt is so big, he actually looks like he's pregnant mm-hmm. in a big shirt. So I just it's an Mpreg doll. It's an Mpreg doll, and I just kind of modified that by stuffing a tissue underneath it. So now he really looks <laughs> like he's pregnant. Hooray! <laughs> look from the side. Look at that posture. Yeah. Looks- no, you know what? Actually, the way he's standing now with his butt sticking out and that sticking out there, it's almost like a Denny Crane doll. <laughs> Put it in a scuba okay. outfit. Wait, let me let, <laughs> let me move the tissue up here a little bit so it's not quite hanging so low. It's, it's Mad Cow Kirk. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put a cigar in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Where where are the Alan and Denny dolls? They should be out by now. <laughs> the diorama of the balcony with them sitting in the weird chairs. Where yes. is that? Oh, come on, get with the program, really? David E. Kelly. You should be marketing those. So oh. so speaking of dolls, here's something I discovered. The ripped shirt Kirk action figure. And it's on sale. It's only $25. And it's the ripped shirt from Amok Time. Mm-hmm. Um, this figure is unique. This is what it says. In that the figure's shirt is torn across the chest, revealing the scratch on the doll Ooh. from the blade. That was more than a scratch. Yeah, it was That a Kirk cut. suffered in the episode. As you may recall, the battle happened during Spock's Pawn Far Fever. Pon- it was the Pawn pon- Far, you know. It was the Pawn Far. And Kirk's shirt was cut from the Lurpot. <laughs> In the battle he had with Spock. The fully articulated figure comes with Vulcan Lerpa. Oh, I gotta get me one of those. You know, I think that Lerpa could come in so handy with the ice fishing. It's also got a hypo spray. That'd be handy to have out there, too. And a command delta base to display your figure out of the box. Well, you don't want to take it out of the box. Because then it's not worth $25 anymore. You know, you could also use the Lerpa to cut the sandwiches at the picnic. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That would be a real handy thing to have. You bet. End of story. <laughs> so dolls are wonderful. I'm so 
sorry. I really wasn't expecting that. That's why it was. <laughs> Neither was I. It's just now whenever I see or hear the word pond far, in the back of my mind, I'm hearing Marjorie saying, it's the pond far, don't you know? So that just came out of nowhere. Uh, well, I want to say when you first mentioned the <clears throat> Richard Kirk doll, you did pay me an extremely high compliment by saying that the one I made for you was better. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's, it's a better rip. I mean, mm. you know, it's um, it's much sexier. Yeah, you know, I wonder. And also, he's wearing. I've seen this doll at conventions. He's wearing this funky, weird little belt that Kirk wasn't wearing. Mm. I wonder whether um, on that shirt, when it's cut, is it like did they did they cut it and then seam it along the edges, or did they just cut the material? I, I'd just be curious to know, know how they did it. I don't. Whether know. it was an authentic rip. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. Rip shirt, Kirk. Tm. Tm. <laughs> Okay, so um, while we're on the the subject of great trekabilia, you can get. I wanted. I want you to talk about this that you found <laughs> online. Yeah, so um, we'll have to put the link into it. It was part of a, another blog that wasn't about Star Trek at all. It was about comic books. And down at the bottom, the person who wrote this had found an ad in an old Starlog magazine, and it was for um, a company called Star Pool, and they were selling kinetic characters. What are Starpool kinetic characters? Well, let me tell you. you. Well, you may ask. Well, you'll see the picture and then you'll know what they are. They're these little cardboard, they're not little actually, they're pretty big. They're cardboard cutouts of the head and shoulders of a character. And I think they must have suction cups on them and you put them on the back window and the back door of your car so it looks like they're riding in the back of the car with you. (laughs) And the two that they had advertised were a Kirk one and there's his head, and he's dressed in, I think it's like a Star Trek II outfit, the movie. And he's holding a communicator, and the reason that they're kinetic is that the arm that's holding the communicator is on a spring, like a bobblehead. So when you're driving, his arm goes back and forth and So he's making calls. Forth. He's making calls. That's why he can't drive, because you're not in, supposed to drive while you make calls. Because he's in the back, because otherwise, you know. Bill would have to drive. And then the and other the, Spock the one. other one, the Spock one, has his hand in a Vulcan salute that waves back and, it, and forth. Back <laughs> and forth. Do you think it waves? Could you turn it so it waved like the Queen? <laughs> that would be cool. That would be great. I want I want that so bad. I do too. So we're going to have Because you know what walk. I think? Yeah? I think you could go across the bridge in the carpool lane with that because <laughs> even if the cops saw it, he'd be laughing so hard he couldn't chase you. I I agree. So this is something that we'd like to track down. So if you, the listeners, have ever seen this thing for sale anywhere, this is a piece of Star Trek memorabilia I'd never come across before. No. I thought I'd seen almost everything. Mm-hmm. This this was shocking to me. <laughs> so and it's great. It's so cheesy. And I couldn't quite tell from the picture whether it was in color or black and white. I guess they must be in color. Well, to be life to be lifelike, yeah kinetic figure so i just had that great image in my head you know i would like that more than big cardboard kirk the hand going back big cardboard kinetic kirk yeah with a spring spring action back and forth back and forth (laughs) and you know what else you could do it's cardboard right yeah so you could put something on it oh yeah so it could be waving this sign that says look at his butt look at his butt you could also you could also dress him up yeah i mean you could for christmas for christmas put the hat hat on and it could be like wake the comatose captain you could do it for every season i agree that'd be a good thing um i knew we'd end up coming back to this when we were in vegas remember when we saw they had the uh they had the um backstage they had the star trek christmas ornaments Oh, those were so cool. But one of them was Spock for Christmas with a Vulcan liar. And I stood there and laughed and laughed and laughed because all I could think of was Wake the Comatose Captain because is it a musical, Spock? Do you turn a thing and it plays, it plays Christmas carols? Yeah. It's not wearing that Grinch outfit. But you see, if you got those Christmas ornaments, they're little like a string of ornaments that you would put on your Christmas tree in various mm-hmm. Star Trekian shapes. You would have to make a little outfit for Spock. I would have to do it. You I would, would sew it and put dress him up in it. Mm-hmm. Then it would be really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so homework, listeners, find us those kinetic figures. Yeah. Oh, I'll, we want them so bad. I'll put up the link in, in the little picture so you can actually see what they look like. And uh, I mean, once you see it, of course, it'll stick in your memory forever. <laughs> You'll never be able to forget what that thing looks like. And then you, like me, will have this vision of Kirk's hand waving slowly back and forth <laughs> on a spring. Boing, boing. 
Well, you know, maybe if you drive over a rough road or something, it, it would go really fast. I'm just thinking, you know, like in normal traffic, it would move a little bit. And yeah, then, even the, when you're idling. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, it would just sort of be the, at the red light. Yeah, yeah. What a crack up that would be for other uh, drivers. People would just be falling out of their cars laughing. Yeah, because, I mean, when I'm stopped at a light and I have just the dog in the car, people are like, hey, it's a dog, and they're happy to see him. If you saw Captain Kirk... I, you know, frankly, if I ever saw one of those... I'd have to pull off the road. I would have an accident. So I, I, would just, I, would, I would drive into the bay. I, it would be too funny. What a great thing. So there we go. Starpool kinetic characters. Right? We want them. We want, we want them. them. Okay, why don't you talk about that book? Oh, okay. You've been so dying to talk about I, it. I have been. So this this is a book that I picked up at um, the con up in Sacramento, and I mentioned it a little bit, and it's a book of Star Trek manga, and it's called Star Trek the Manga. Wow. <laughs> it's a good title, right? Yeah. Um, and I have the exclusive limited edition cover one of two. So the one that I was just looking at online, I think, has two of two. And this is a different oh, cover. Oh, okay. All right. For a minute, I guess I'm just confused. I've had kind of a frazzled week. I was thinking, they only printed two of these? <laughs> that would this be cool. This is an extreme rarity. Um, so I, when I bought this at the the con, the woman said that they had just been selling tons and tons of them. And in fact, they didn't have too many on the table. And when I went back later on, I think they were sold out. So I was happy to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just curious to see what it looked like. It was only 10 bucks, and it's by Tokyo Pop, which is a very reputable manga company that publishes a lot of stuff. And uh, this particular little book, it, it's unlike some other manga in that you don't read it from back to front and right to left the way you do with stuff that comes from Japan. So it's more like a Western book. And there are um, one, two, three, four, five different stories in here that are by um, different sets of writers and artists. And most of the writers and artists are, um, most of the artists anyway, are Japanese. And some of the writers are Japanese as well. So you get some really interesting stuff. Like you'll see a scene where there's a battle happening. Of course, all the dialogue is in English, but then the sound effects are in Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what that means. I haven't looked it up to see what kind of sound it is making there. Uh, And then the art is kind of hit and miss. You know, it, it... it always kind of sort of looks like them, but not really. I mean, you could maybe look at this and go, okay, that's Spock because he's got pointed ears, and maybe that's Kirk because he's got the cowlick in the front with mm-hmm. the hair falling down. But, you know, they're not meant to look exactly like the well, actors. It's more like an interpretation of the yeah, actors. Yeah, and I don't think Kirk has a button nose. No, he doesn't, really. But, you know, it's it's not a, a, a bad representation of... What is this thing above their heads? It's an alien spaceship making a Japanese noise that I don't know what it is. Wow. I don't know what that is. So the the first story in here, I I don't want to spend too much time talking about all of them, is um, supposed to be sort of the origin of the Borg Queen. They discover this female character on an alien ship, and she um, is, is sort of a cybernetic being. And at the end, they don't manage to destroy her. And in the very last panel... After all this destruction has taken place, they kind of say, uh, well, I have this feeling that uh, we might be encountering her again. And in the very last panel, you see her in the image of what the Borg Queen looked like in TNG and mm-hmm. Voyager and stuff like that. So it's like, so let me ask you a question. Okay. What makes this manga as opposed to just a comic book? Um, Other it, than the fact it came from Japan. Um, it's the style that it's drawn in. So the characters have this very specific look, right? Their eyes are really big, um, and they have these very exaggerated expressions. Okay. It's it, And it's much more... And they all look 12 years old and they look, at most. Yes, that's right. And they all look 12 years old, and uh, there's a certain uh, rhythm to the storytelling that's a little bit different from Western storytelling. Oh, okay. It's kind of hard to explain it. Um, there's also a lot of talk in here, and I'm not sure... Uh, if that's a good thing or a bad thing, sometimes it's it's good because they explain it. But other times, when you look at like here's a couple of pages, look at all the word balloons. It's mm-hmm. like, blah 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 blah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so anyway, so there's that story, and then um, this story, I, I put scans up over at my other blog for the comic show. And the thing about the second story, which is called Anything But Alone, which was um, done by two white guys, non-Japanese guys, or or. Um, just non-Japanese, is that Kirk is smirking in every single panel. I mean, like, here's him smirking in the very first shot. And you know who he looks like in that first shot? Who? If his hair was black, 
He would look like Reggie from the Archie comics. <laughs> Reggie always had that expression. So, I mean, it's like Spock is smirking, Spock is smirking, Kirk, Kirk is smirk. smirking. It's smirk, smirk, smirk. I, I just like the fact that there was a butt shot in this particular one. <laughs> and it's smirking. And, and it's just like, you know, it's like Captain McSmirk. He's smirking in every... I'm, like, I'm pointing at the panels <laughs> yes. on the page. It's in every single panel. So the artist just decided that this was the way he was going to portray Kirk, was to draw him with a smirk on his face okay. every time. So this the second story stole the plot from a TNG smirk episode. McKirk. Yeah, so I won't go into well, that. Well, that's kind of fitting, considering how much TNG stole from TOS. Yeah. Um, this has a, a somewhat different art style. The third story, which is called Till Death, which is very kind of uh, dirty looking. You know, it, it's not clean. There's a lot of... Uh, is this supposed to be a character ink? we're supposed to know? That's supposed to be Kirk. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah, so that doesn't really look like That him. doesn't look a thing like him. I thought it was a guest. Yeah, and then there's... Uh, the plot is not important, so <laughs> okay. let me just skip this. The, um, the thing about these stories that is weird is that they seem very much... The TOS episodes and the cast with TNG stories laid over the top of them. Like, the writers have not really captured, I think, the flavor of the original series and the plots that you might have seen on the show, or even in some of the books. They're, they're very much more either very dark or um, very complicated and overly reliant on technology in the way that TNG often was. Mm-hmm. So I think that they really lack something. Now, um, there's an exception to this which I want to talk about, which is the last story. Um, there was one thing I was complaining to you about in, in one of the stories here, which is that everybody leaves the ships, Kirk and Spock, and they leave Chekhov in charge. <laughs> Who does that? No. No, no you don't not leave, a good idea. You don't leave Chekhov in charge of the ship. And they even say on here that um, he's an ensign when they do that. So it wasn't even like he was the, a lieutenant or got promoted or something. Mm-hmm. They leave an ensign in charge of the whole ship. Chekhov is the guy you put in the agony booth. Yes. Oh, speaking of the agony booth. Yeah. Um, it, it, the remastered um, uh, Mirror Mirror yeah. is out. Ooh. Added agony booth effect. <gasps> Excellent. Okay, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. That'll be good. Um, so the last story in here is called Orphans. And this, I thought, was the one that actually came closest to giving a little flavor of what the original series was like. So the plot is that the Enterprise is shepherding... Um, some alien ship to where they have to go and they end up getting attacked by what are essentially giant transformers. They're big robots (laughs) in outer space. Okay. And they're meant to be, you know, kind of scary looking, but also a little bit silly at the same time Mm -hmm. because they look, this one's holding a sword. Yeah. And they're, they're transformer dolls. Right. It's the kind of thing you buy. So they have a little space battle with them and, uh, Nobody gets really seriously hurt, but the best part... Wait, I like this picture. <laughs> Flip back a page. Yeah. Damage report. Yeah, well, you know what that face is that Kirk's making when he's yelling for the damage report? Yeah. The kid in Home Alone makes that face. <laughs> <laughs> so the best part about this and why I really like this story, yeah, is that... and Because Kirk's being very captainly. He's telling this guy to he's shut up. Heads. He's like, shut up while I do this. Um... They, they, these transformer guys are attacking the ship, and this is the big transformer guy who's in charge. And he takes his sword, and he stabs it through the view screen on the bridge, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just stuck there for the rest of the story. You know, I love when they act like the view screen is a big window. Exactly. So this cracked me up, and I thought, okay, this is good. I like this. <laughs> see them doing this on the show. Like, if they had had the money for that kind of special effect on the show, they would have done something like that. With Apollo. Yeah, exactly. Or Abraham Lincoln yeah. if he'd had a sword. So, so this. I mean, this is good. I love that. So, and, and their reaction to it is, like, suitably befuddled. You know, they're like, ah! Oh. <laughs> and then they're a little... So this is why it's, like, a manga style, because they're very cartoony-looking, big eyes. They sure are. <laughs> And then the rest of it, it turns out that the Transformers um, are robots and the people inside are kids. And they've, they're product of this sort of breeding program. And, and Kirk has to convince them to be good and not evil. So he does a good job of relating He's good to at that. Yeah, he does a good job with the kid and explaining how it's good to be headstrong, but you've got to take your responsibility and look out for other people, which is very Kirk like. So there's a bit of talk, but it, it seems 
more in the vein of Kirk talking and not Picard's words coming out of Kirk's mouth, mm-hmm. which is the flaw that, that often happens. And then, you know, everything pretty much turns out right in the end. And they do get the sword out of the view screen. Oh, thank <laughs> goodness. <laughs> That's good, I know. We were all really worried about that. And it actually has a little reference to um, Carol Marcus at the end, too, which I yeah. thought was nice. And this is supposed to be David, this little picture here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you say so. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that was that was a good story, and it was kind of worth it for me to get to that one. And I'm glad they put it last because it was the best story in the whole book. So I can recommend that last story, and the rest of it is, you know, it's amusing, but it's not great. Okay, thank you for that review. Yeah. So there you go. And uh, I'm not sure if they're selling it with this cover anymore. It's it's a three shot of Kirk and Spock and McCoy, uh, and the Enterprise is sort of hovering in the background there. Okay. 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 More internet weirdness. Our good friend Echo sent us this, and you guys will remember Echo. She did those fantastic inspirational Trek posters yes. that were so, and continue to be so popular. She also did uh, little icons for mm-hmm. Trek and a set of oh, look at his butt icons, we were just which so were wonderful. Thrilled. So in listening to our show where we were talking about the strange connection between Star Trek and the monkeys, <laughs> and, um, you know, how... Walter and Davy Jones cannot appear at the same con together. She sent us this, and I want you to uh, to sort of describe it because you're looking at it on screen right now. So I, I I screamed and laughed when I saw this. There's a live journal community called Star Trek TOS, Star Trek underscore TOS, and it's for people to just talk about TOS and post interesting pictures. And so this is posted, and all it says is, "Has anyone noticed this?" <laughs> so the first picture this is this is what fandom is all about is noticing stuff like this it's, it's so amazing so funny so it's a picture of Trelane on the bridge of the enterprise and he's wearing his Trelane outfit which is that blue velvet coat with the gold trim and the the um i don't know what would you call this the neckerchief that goes with it and you know his lacy his lacy neckerchief and there he is looking all Trelaneish. and then the next picture is a picture of mike nesmith <laughs> In the monkeys, wearing the same coat and the same neckerchief. And he's standing there and he's supposed to be talking to little Davy Jones, who's who's playing a king. And I don't even know what episode this is from. Or I, I vaguely remember this episode. Wasn't there one where they discovered, like, Davy was the long-lost heir yes. to the throne of yeah, Davyland yeah, or yeah, something? Definitely. Yeah, So it might have been that. But the fact that it's the same coat cracked me up. I mean, it is, it's exactly the same. They clearly just took it from the costume department, and seeing it in that context is so funny. Um, so the, um, the best part, besides the pictures and my immediate reaction, which was to scream and make me have flashbacks to all those silly stories that we wrote, <laughs> um, was, were some of the comments. Um, someone said, they're raiding Liberace's closet again. And then somebody else said, um, I guess a studio doesn't burn costumes after they're used once on a TV show. Thank goodness. Yeah. And then someone else said, I'm sad because this means Trelane is lying in a, lying <laughs> naked in a ditch somewhere. Oh, <laughs> that was good. Um, and people were just saying how funny it was. Uh, someone else said, yo, it's the coat from Ralph Lauren's fall collection. <laughs> yeah. But then my most favorite comment of all was the last one that was posted. And someone said... But that second picture wasn't from Star Trek. Where was that from? That's just weird. Read the rest. The pants are different, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is just weird. I also like the name this person posts under. Yeah, Spockish Girl. <laughs> I'm sort of a Kirkish girl myself. I think you're a Kirkish girl. So uh, it, it just was so funny that someone posted that. And also that, you know, okay, I, don't, I know that everybody doesn't know who the monkeys are, but I just... That's such an iconic picture. Well, and you know what's strange <sighs> to me thinking about it, outside of the strangeness of the picture and the, 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 the costumes, is, okay, if the monkeys did borrow that, those were made two different networks, two different studios, right? Yeah, well, maybe they used the same costume company and they just, you know, yep. rented stuff out. Do you think wanted. they didn't have the Trelane costume specifically made? I don't know. I you mean, know what this means? What? You could probably still rent a Trelane <laughs> copy if you found out costume who if you found out who they were um renting from that's true well I'm pretty an sure. old moth eaten you could probably suit. find it well i'm pretty sure i mean i don't know about star trek but on the monkeys they were way too cheap to have costumes made for them yeah in a lot of cases they wore their own clothes as the clothes on the show 
And when they had to do costumes, they just went and raided it, and they never had stuff especially made for any of the monkeys, the actors, because they were too cheap. Yeah, well. And I know on Star Trek, they did have costumes that were made and at least fitted for the actors, so who knows? I should check to see um, how tall uh, William Campbell is, because it actually looks like it fits Mike Nesmith pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's like 6'2". Hmm. I don't know. That's a real interesting parallel, though. It, wow. It's, it's like... The universe is colliding right there. Really? Just big time. And, and smashing it. into smithereens. And it happened of on the fluffy lace. It happened on the internet and it made my brain fall out of my head. <laughs> so So you will you should all go look at that because it will make you laugh. Okay, I want to talk about my flashback. Ooh. I got this great email. Well not so much an email. Somebody put it in my guest book at my uh website where I have my fanfic, Invisible Planets. And uh one of the things I have up there is my KS cliche list, oh, yes. which I don't know that we've ever talked about, but we will. After you read enough KS, like two stories, <laughs> you realize it is rampant with cliches, and that's an important part of the genre. Mm-hmm. And if you stripped it out, there would be no stories. Mm-hmm. There'd be the words the and and and, and, and golden lion eyes. Well, those are in the cliches. <laughs> so I made a list of all all the cliches, and you could write your story or read uh-huh. a story and ask yourself these questions. It's like Mad Libs almost. Is it? Well, I, yeah, just, yeah. just, you know, the, the like, the, if you have that answer and you fill it into the blank, then you you automatically have a story. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, and you string those together. Yeah, you string them together, yeah. So, um, and I have invited people to send me more. And so somebody did send me some. I just want to read those because I don't think you've heard these. Um, is Spock bothered by other than tropical climate? <laughs> Does Kirk keep him warm? Oh. By sharing a bed? <laughs> Does this lead to sex? While spending shore leave in a cot during winter slash Christmas, <laughs> is there a fireplace? And you see the way mine is set up, you get points for each right, of those right, that you right, use. So right. they'd be like two points apiece. Yeah. Another one, is Spock's touch or skin described as warmer than human? Wow. Hey, that's original. And um, here's, here's one I love. <laughs> I personally have never run across this, but I haven't been reading Chaos now for about four or five years. Does Spock show a clear aversion to water? Well, I have seen the water one. Water, oh, yeah, I've seen the water one. Bathing or showering? Definitely the water thing. Like yeah. Vulcans or cats, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you get them wet, they go, <laughs> Right after Spock cleans himself, he coughs up a hairball. But I've never seen the bathing or showering. So the, the rest of this one is, does Kirk teach him better? Does Spock try to get used to water for oh, Kirk's sake? I think I have seen that one, actually. Really? I'm now, I've seen them do a lot of strange things for each other's sakes in uh, in chaos. Yeah, the one that I read, and I can't remember, it was in a zine, a printed zine. It mm-hmm. wasn't a, a piece of online fic, and it involved... Um, it was a hot tub, but it was a natural hot tub. It was like on some planet where they were, and it was like a natural hot spring sort of thing. Okay, and, you know, I've seen that in a romance novel. <laughs> there you go. Okay, and, and you know, Kirk was all about getting into it and relaxing, and it was before they had sex. Chillaxing, a, chillaxing. So this was the thing that led to the sex, as opposed right. to the being in the cot. The the being in the hot water led to the sex, and Spock really didn't want to get in it, but Kirk was, you know, saying, "Oh, you need to relax," and blah de blah de blah, and then they had sex. <laughs> then they had sex, and then they died. <laughs> then the planet blew up. <laughs> wow. Because of the hot tub. Because of the hot It overheated. Because <laughs> they were in it having sex. <laughs> yeah, and their sex was was so hot it and was, so cosmic and so karmic it was, that it, it destroyed the universe. Nuclear. 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 It was nuclear, nuclear sex. <laughs> those are great. I really like those. What? The, the cliches that that oh, person yes, submitted. Oh, yes, those are wonderful. And if I ever get around to updating my website, I'll be yeah. adding them to the list. But the list is, is very, very long. Yeah. And if you were to use all the, the cliches that are there in one story, I think you'd get over 300 or 500 points, and the universe would explode. Yeah, and you'd probably get a lot of good feedback. <laughs> I loved it. People. It's the best <laughs> story ever. It's the ultimate story. It that made I me cry. <laughs> Wait, wait, the ultimate feedback. Poor Spock. I don't know how many times I've had that one. That's banished from my vocabulary. If you send me an email that has poor Spock in it, I've got a kill on it. It it goes to junk immediately. That's so funny. Okay, so um, the the one other thing we wanted to follow up on a little bit was um, 
Our Hater. Oh, yes. So let me read these quick things first, and then you can do your thing. Oh, okay. Go so, ahead. So we had um, <coughs> excuse me, a couple comments on our blog after we um, talked about this in the Vegas episodes. And the first one I just wanted to read because it was funny, and it was from some guy <laughs> who said, What a great episode. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Wait, that's just some guy. It's some guy. Okay, maybe it's not Greg. And then um, the, we got another one from Captain Toy who said, Well, I must be a Bill lover turned Bill hater since I listen to your show constantly. I have soaked up all that evil poison and I will never be able to recover. That's the way it goes. And then it concluded by saying, I'm so jealous of you guys. You have your first crazy internet nut who hates your show. Maybe you should throw a party. <laughs> Well, this leads into what I wanted to say. We've right. heard from a few people about our internet nut. And I just want to commend our listeners because I love that you guys all take the same upbeat, positive attitude yes. towards this that we do, which is that having your own internet hater, <laughs> crazy person, is entertainment. That it, it's it's something to laugh at. And it is a sign of achievement. Several yeah. people have said they are jealous. And, uh, yes, you do have to work pretty da- – yeah, you have to work really hard to be hated on the Internet. So kudos to you guys. And if you work hard when you grow up, you too can be hated by an insane person. Yeah. And right. I think if you're hated by an insane person, that is kind of like – it evens out. It sort of um, validates your own sanity. Mm-hmm. So um, we haven't heard anything else from our hater. We've been checking just to see if we got mentioned or anything. And, and so far it's been quiet, all quiet on the Western Front. So it was a – Brief but fleeting hate. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we Not had... Not a deep abiding hate. <laughs> if we had more internet haters um, who maybe haven't spoken up yet, or people who just haven't discovered Oh, good. So it now yet. you're inviting them to the point no, where it will no longer no. be a joke. But, you know... <coughs> excuse me. Um, like some of those people who are on the Shatner BBS who got offended by your SIG that just mentioned the name of the show... <laughs> Yeah, but I have to tell you, in all fairness, the person who, who said she was upset by it later apologized to really? me. Really? Which I thought was really wow, classy. Wow, that's awfully nice. Yes. That is a good thing. Very cool. Yeah. So so that was not a crazy person, but the the, <laughs> the standard issue crazy person... <laughs> would never apologize. Would never apologize and would never, you know, like, find out the fact that we really don't hate William Shatner. Right. You really like William Shatner. And I think you, you would only have to listen to a teeny bit of the show or even scroll through the blog. Honestly, to me, that picture at the top does not say, I hate William no. Shatner. And later when she said something like, well, maybe now they only post flattering stuff, I'm going, that's not an unflattering <laughs> picture. And he's not saying an unflattering thing. He's saying something that William Shatner has probably thought thousands of times throughout his lifetime. <laughs> They're looking at my butt. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to do a U-turn. <laughs> because I just found in my guest book more chaos cliches Yay. that were sent in. So let's let's go through these. All right. Because these are good. While having breakfast, lunch, or dinner, they recognize the love in each other's eyes. Aww. In the mess hall. <laughs> Eating a three-course dinner prepared for the other. Aww. In Kirk's Aww. room. In Spock's room. <laughs> and then in parentheses <laughs> written, Spock cooks. <laughs> Extra points if Kirk is eating a salad ordered by Dr. McCoy. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. You know what else? Those are good. I would also give extra points if – I'd give a huge slew of extra Uh. points if Kirk becomes vegetarian out of, you know, deference to Spock. Yep. Okay. Unlike every other Vulcan, Spock's Ponfar, the Ponfar, (laughs) takes place every two years or three years (laughs) or three days. (laughs) God, that music would be got uh, a really? totally repeating loop. Spock is me- mesmerized by Kirk's round ears. Kirk is mesmerized by Spock's <laughs> pointy ones. Besides being double-ridged, Spock has tendrils. Why this is sexy, I cannot understand. Now get ready to be squicked out because this is totally squicky. They gr- these are the tendrils now. They grip Kirk's fingers tightly. Ew. They grip Kirk's penis. <laughs> That's so squeaky. And here's another one. The, the capper, the final one. My most shudder-inducing moment is when Kirk <laughs> laves something oh. on Spock's body, oh. whether it's double-ridged, pointy, or green. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a word. That, that word, lave. Is it Lori who has practically written a thesis on how much she hates that word? 
I hate that word too. Laving nipples. Laving. Laving his manhood. Uh, like, like, it's not, it's not smut. It's classy. <laughs> I use this word. <laughs> I gotta oh, wipe the source. It's, it's not smut. <laughs> it's not dirty. I used a big word like lave. You find it in the best erotica. <laughs> So anyway, thanks to the people who sent those in, and we'll be looking forward to hearing hearing more of those. And like I said, someday I'll get around to updating the website and oh, add to the list. Those are great. I love those cliches. <laughs> and they're everywhere. They are. Really. <laughs> so um, do we want to um, introduce our next segment, oh, yeah. or did you want to do this? What's this? What, what I'm pointing no, at. No, I think we're going to save that. You know, okay. I, I wanted to, before we introduce the next segment, I did want to say... Um, People have been sending us all kinds of good things, and we are so happy. We've been getting, like, um, con reports and things out of books and actual things like the Kirk dolls and the pillowcase that we're going to get, another medium that Bill has conquered. And we got a a fantastic DVD I don't want to tell you about yet, but (gasps) that has come in the mail. We need to look at that. So we are just overjoyed that people are so nice to send us things. And And to to help us build our, our archive of, of Shatness. Really? You know, um, I'll mention that when we were at Impulse, um, we were talking to people about the uh, having the all Shatner TV channel. Everyone loved this idea. Yes. I thought this was a great, great idea that you could have this stuff playing all the time. So I think there's a lot of support for that out there. I think there is. Maybe we'll have it be, you know, a, an internet TV station. And we'll that like 100 it. people in Oakland subscribe to. <laughs> <laughs> I think there would be more than that. I really okay. do. Okay. So, um, for the last bit of the show, we have a review of Arena, which we actually did when we were in Las Vegas, and um, you'll hear the difference in the sound quality, but uh, you had just watched it, and we wanted to watch it again, so we sat down and we watched it on the computer in the hotel room, and it was really funny. <laughs> I think it's 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 up there with Trouble with Triples as far as comic episodes go. There's a lot of good comedy in it, and I think we did a pretty good job of deconstructing you know, the costuming and the hair and the scenery and the silliness of the Gorn. So it, it was fun. It was really fun to talk about that. One thing I meant to do and I didn't do, so maybe this could be homework for somebody, is I meant to sort of skim through it quickly with uh, closed captioning on. Because uh. I want to see what it says when the Gorn is, is building his, his trap and he's snickering. I mean, does it say heh 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 or... <laughs> snicker or uh, and the grunting noises he makes you know i want to see what are the words that are associated with that that would be good so if somebody has that on dvd and they want to check it out that would be cool that would be very very cool so um listen to the arena review and enjoy it and um we'll we'll put a little musical joke in at the end and uh, then we'll be back with a brand new show with all kinds of things so much to talk about boston legal is still going on bill's new game show is going on we have some con reports that we wanted to mention we have more cool stuff to talk about he's done all these interviews that are really good that we need to talk about so bill is everywhere and also, you know, coming up really soon, like probably the next show or the show after that is going to be our Christmas special. Yeah. So get ready for that. Yeah. All right. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us, and you know you want to. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. Cue the music.
Now, the best thing is that we just took our pictures with the Gorn. That's right. <laughs> you were battling him. I was. He was hitting me on the head with that stick. And I was loving You him. were smooching him. You were. I was. I you, wanted to be the Gorn woman. Were you feeling up his butt at the same time? Well, in, in the first shot that we were going to try and take, but I, I couldn't, I was sort of being blocked by the stick, so we didn't take the shot. Uh-huh. I had my hand on his Gorn crop. <gasps> Did you? Yes. Wow. Well... We're still in the... We should should maybe do another one when we go back down there. I'll put my hand up his skirt. (laughs) Are they going to let you do that? They didn't stop me before. The security's not going to come over. Um, I wasn't impressed with security. Yeah, there wasn't really any security. Um, We're still in Vegas, and we're we're, um, not going to review the experience stuff right now because we haven't finished it. We're still in the experience. We are. We're taking a little break, but we did want to review the episode Arena because we watched it last night. And coincidentally, they have a statue of the Gorn downstairs, and we both snapped pictures with it. Well, and also, I want to point this out. Here we are in Vegas, but we treat it like we're in Burlingame (laughs) at Friscon because... There's really nothing to do, so let's watch a Star Trek episode. Yeah, yeah. You know, we could have gone out last night and maybe found something to do. I don't know. But, you know, we watched a Star Trek episode instead. So um, you had wanted, you were telling me that we should watch Arena because it had so much um, crunchy Trek goodness in it. And it yes, did. It did. It, it really did. So um, do you want the notes or do you want me to read the notes here? Whatever. I don't okay. care. Okay. So um, the the episode I had sort of forgotten about Arena. So the first part of the episode is the setup for the whole thing, and I had totally forgotten that they went to the planet and everything. Yeah, yeah. So they go down to Cestus, Cestus three. three. I yeah, think it is. they go to they get a, um, a distress call from Cestus three, which is a colony. No, it's not a distress call. They're just going there. Oh, they're just going there to okay. deliver crap. And and eat at the admiral's cat table because he is quite the host with the most or something. Bizarre. So they're going to Cestus Three. It's way far away from everything in a mostly unexplored sector of the galaxy. And they get there and they find out that um, it's been attacked and essentially destroyed. Yeah. Okay, I'm sort of like probably sun fried now, but that <laughs> description is just cracking me up because it sounds like the worst captain's log ever. So we're going to Cestus Three, and it's way far away from everything in a mostly unexplored part of the galaxy. <laughs> That's kind of what Kirk said, though, <laughs> I think. So they're out there, and they go down, and uh, it's all explosions. It's, it's, it's been destroyed. And he picks up the communicator, and he goes, Cestus 3 has been destroyed. destroyed. Kirk out. <laughs> and so everybody up on the ship is going, what? What the fuck? Did he say destroyed? Does that mean we're not getting a shore lead? Really? They don't know what's going on. Uh, so they find one guy who's a survivor, and they try to... Um, drag him to safety and they have to get him back to the Enterprise but meanwhile there's an alien ship attacking the Enterprise and things are blowing up and people are running around and it's it's just very, very exciting. And and, and, and Kirk is, is <laughs> Captain Action. He is. He's like all over the place and he's running and skipping and hopping. And, <laughs> and there was a scene where he had to go to the um, arsenal or the munitions, whatever, and as he's running across the area where all these explosions are, I said, is he going to do a shoulder roll? <laughs> And he did the double whammy shoulder roll. It was incredible. It was so because fun. he he rolled, and when he finished the roll, he was like in this legs up in the air, butt <laughs> up in the air, fabulous sort of pose. And he like rolled back the other yeah. way, like momentum. So it was like a one and a half. It was with a double a uh, jackknife, a, a shoulder knife, right, a double roll. jackknife, and it was it was just so over the top. It was the showiest thing that he could have done. <laughs> On a battlefield when there's explosions all around. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the guy who's rolling around. <laughs> so then, didn't he have to... Um, he threw himself into some... I don't know. Anyway. He was just doing it he all, was all over the place. place. And, was, and what was very funny then was then when Spock had to go get him, <laughs> rather than call him on the communicator, right. Spock sort of does this. Yeah. But it's like... It's kind of kind of geeky. It. it you know, it really reminded me of uh, Millhouse. <laughs> Millhouse in space. Because he just sort of like stumbles around. Thank and you for saying that while I took a sip of soda. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and falls down. But then he does a shoulder roll downhill. Downhill, yeah. So he that, was, kind of that was okay. That was a little roll. So um, then they get off the planet. Then they go back up to the ship. And then is the part that everybody remembers where Kirk... Well, no. Oh, okay. Nobody Sorry. remembers this part. You've already forgotten it. What? They just... <laughs> yes. 
they decide they're going to pursue the alien ship. Oh, right. And See, destroy I, you're it. right. I forgot about that completely. And, and Spock's sort of arguing with Kirk, right. you know, that maybe we should talk to him first. No, you know, they uh, destroyed Cestus, and if they go unpunished, it'll be an invasion. This already is an invasion. we got to go after him. And mm-hmm. so they're going after him. Yeah. And then the alien ship comes screeching to a halt. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Let's, let's close in and kill him. Let's kill him. And then they come screeching to a halt. Literally. Literally. There was a screech. <laughs> and Kirk did a great, like, I'm being thrown off balance thing that was just huge. Yes. Like, bam, and his whole body collapsed. <laughs> it's like Bo was having a good week. Definitely. And uh, and so then the voice of the Metron. The Metron. Which Kirk calls it um, a Metron. Yeah, because it's sabotage or something. <laughs> Comes on and, and tells him, Okay, the captain of your ship, you, Kirk, and the captain of the Gorn ship are being beamed to a planet we have set up for you mm-hmm. to fight this out, man to Gorn. Mm-hmm. And mono, because we're mono, not going to have you trashing up our whole area of space with uh-huh. your, your nonsense. And the weapons you need or the things you can make weapons mm-hmm. out of or whatever are all down there. And whoever kills his opponent, he and his crew can, can leave. Mm-hmm. And whoever loses, his crew and his ship will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk disappears from the bridge. And Uhura screams. <laughs> in the, the whole spirit of the Kirk, the Shatnerian acting that was going on through this whole episode, it's like, I don't know, she could have been in a Vincent Price movie. Definitely. It was a horror movie scream. It was great. Total over the top. Um, okay, so then he goes down, and he has the thing with the Gorn. And it turns into Galaxy Quest. Well, as you as you pointed out, it is actually a combination of several things. So it's Galaxy Quest, big time. It's also like an episode of Mystery Science Theater because the crew is watching what's going down on the planet as if they were watching a movie. And commenting. <laughs> commenting on it. Um, plus it's MacGyver. Yeah, because Kirk, Kirk has to... He has to build things out of like pencils and a peanut. And, um, <laughs> Make a rudimentary and <laughs> Yes. But it's also a Roadrunner cartoon. And it's mostly a Roadrunner cartoon. <laughs> which is the whole reason I kept saying we have to watch this together. Because I was laughing so hard at this. Because at when I was at the gym watching it. And it comes on the scene where the Gorn is, is tying rope around rocks. And going, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I was cracking up because I really thought the camera was going to pull back and we are going to see a big wooden crate that was stamped on the side, Acme Captain Trap. And the other thing I like about the Gorn, I love the Gorn, he's now one of my favorite guests, is when he isn't going, every time he's sneaking up on Kirk and we hear him coming, he makes the noises that old men make when they wake up in the morning. So Kirk is the roadrunner mm-hmm. and the Gorn is Wiley Coyote. Mm-hmm. And it just... It snowballs. <laughs> it does. So there's it's got it's got Cliff, uh, Cliff, Kirk pull up, pushing a giant rock off a cliff. Mm-hmm. I mean that's straight out of Warner Brothers. It is. Um, there were times when we expected maybe the Gorn to hold up a little sign when the rock <laughs> is about to crash down on him that says "Yipes." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been good. There's also a number of scenes where it actually would have made a lot of sense for Kirk to run away really fast. <laughs> Because when he finds out that all the things he've done aren't working, he gets this real oh shit look on his face, and we're going, run, run! <laughs> Just run real fast! Run. But then, he falls into the Acme Captain trap. Right, and he gets hurt. He gets hurt, so he has to limp after that. Yeah, he does. Um, we also noticed interesting costume things. The minute he's down on the planet, uh-huh. he's wearing little wrestling boots. Yeah, and black athletic socks. And black athletic socks. But he's got like some sort of white long sleeve shirt on yeah. under his... His uniform, yeah. we also noticed, this is one of the uniforms that shrunk. Yep, it's definitely way too small for him. The the, the top is, yeah. because the, the sleeves are too short, the the, the hem is, mm-hmm. is too short, the shoulders are, are bunching. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the wonderful things about this episode is, the entire time he's down on the planet, is there are an amazing amount of butt shots. With dirt on the black pants, so, oh my God. And there's a scene where that actually opens with a tight shot on his butt, running away from the camera as he's running up a hill or something. And it's just like, okay, there's his butt right there. There's his butt. But it's great. Think about the setup. Bill's standing there about to run up the hill. Uh-huh. They're setting the, the camera, camera tight shot on, on his, his butt. Ass. The clapper. Shatner's ass. Yes. Take seven. <laughs> Clap. He runs. He gets really dirty. He gets dirty. Now, I have to say, it, 
it, there are scenes of him running up hills that look just a little weird. I think because he's supposed to be limping, but also because his pants are really tight. And it makes him run a little funny, a little bit girly, mm-hmm. just a little bit. But there are just an abundance of butt shots, just butt all over the place. There, there is butt everywhere, and there is, and I think you're probably the first person to ever notice this. I never heard anybody mention it before. There's a little split pants. Yeah, ripped pants. But um, it's in the, the inseam of the trousers, not up where you would want it to be, sort of down right. more towards the knee. But you could see knee. underwear. You could see. Yeah, yeah. there's a little white underwear. And it's only in one shot for just a second, and then in the next shot, of course, right. it's, it's not there anymore. Um, so he keeps recording right. his, his thoughts mm-hmm. for reasons his that, diary. that don't diary. bear exam. <laughs> But, um, and he's finding all this shit all around the planet like diamonds and going, what can I do with these? And Gorn said everything would be here that I need. And, of course, finally he figures out to build a primitive cannon, mm-hmm. as Spock refers to it. The lathe. The lathe. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who haven't seen Galaxy Quest, and if you haven't seen it, stop listening to this podcast right now. Go out and get it and watch it. Watch it. You're missing because it. Because it is the funniest movie ever. There's a scene in that, which is exactly like Arena, where um, the captain, um, uh, Commander Taggart, Commander Taggart, Tim Allen, is down on the planet, and he has to fight this rock creature, which is huge, and he can't possibly do it. And he's running around, and he's trying all these different things, and the crew up on the ship are trying to give him some, like encouragements and say, can you try this, or can you try this? And the person who says that is Guy. Guy says it. Is it Guy? It is Guy. guy. Okay. It is, yeah. <laughs> so there's just like he's, Tim Allen is running around, like, and this frog creature is throwing boulders at him. And he's like, help, help me, save me, save me. And Guy yells to him, can you make a rudimentary lathe? <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a stupid thing. I mean, what would you do with it if you oh, could? Oh, man. So funny. So very, very funny. I, we were like falling out of our chairs when we, when we saw that in the movies because that was just such a perfect thing. Um, things that didn't happen, he didn't have a ripped shirt, which kind of surprised me. Very surprised. And no blood either. And no blood and no Kirklight. No Kirklight, really. None to speak of. Although he did have some nice makeup on in the first part of the episodes. Mm-hmm. There was some nice eyeshadow going on. Oh, yeah. Well, and this is first season, too. Right. Um, a couple other things that I, I'm looking at our notes here. Um, one thing is we noticed down on the planet uh, when they're running around and doing all this stuff, Kirk calls the ship several times, and the top part of his communicator is broken. So when he flips it open, it flips way too far open. And he, props and he kind of props it back up with his fingers. Like, I'm not going to let this prop get the better of me. Not Bill. I'm going to work with this. Um, the other part that we both went, really? Uh, <laughs> right when they're about to beam back up, Kirk says... We're beaming up, and make sure we beam down 30 medical personnel to look for survivors. And we went, there are 30 medical personnel on this ship? Who knew? We've seen three. Three, yeah. McCoy, Mbenga, Mbenga, uh, and, and Chapel. We never see anybody and, else. okay, Helen Noel. Yeah. But that's it. So that's four. So where do they get the rest? Who knows? So we kind of went, hmm, that's interesting. So that's like nearly 10% of the ship's contingent, which yeah. is really about what it should be, considering the trouble there I was getting into. Wait, wait, we've skipped the most exciting discovery well, in this episode. I was, I was just coming to that. So, when they show the ship, um, there's a, a, a shot of the people at the navigation in the helm, and Sulu is sitting there, and there's a guy sitting next to him, and as the camera sort of pans, I went, hey, it's that crazy guy. <laughs> you looked at me, it was like, what the fuck are you went, talking what, about? What crazy guy? What are you talking about? Because there was only one crazy guy in all of Star Trek. That we've ever associated with Star Trek. (laughs) And, my God, you have the sharpest eyes. And when you clarified it for me, it was so great. You couldn't come up with the name of the actor or the characters. (laughs) You said, it's it's Crazy Pike. (laughs) Which sounds like, I don't know, a minor in the 1890s. It's Crazy Pike. Crazy Pike is the lunatic. Sean Kenny, Kenny, yes, who played Pike in the Burnt Up Pike <laughs> beep 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 episode. <laughs> but he's he's the ship's navigator. Yeah. It's Crazy Pike's brother. Yeah, Billy yeah. Pike. Billy Pike. Mr. DePaul. His Mr. name. Mr. DePaul. So um, that was pretty funny. And uh, if you listen to the podcast that we did about the Sacramento Con, you know what a crazy guy he really is. <laughs> But yeah, there he was, just sitting there. Not he didn't get to do very much. But, no, um, there he was because this was pre-checkoff, and they didn't have anybody else there. Mm-hmm. But he had lines. He had a few lines. He had yeah. buttons to hit. 
So that was that was pretty amusing. We also noticed this is kind of cute when they're all watching um, Kirk on their TV screen, uh-huh. you know, battling the Gorn. <laughs> so McCoy and I believe Scotty and Uhura are uh-huh. all gathered mm-hmm. around Spock, and Spock's sitting in the command chair with his hands on on the arms, and Uhura like edges her thumb mm-hmm. over, so she's touching his hand. She's touching his it's hand. Like, Meet me later. I know. And there was sort of the requisite amount of McCoy Spock bitching about, what are you going to do? It was kind of minimal, though. It was minimal. It, it's true. Because um, he did go, what are you going to do? Yeah. And Spock goes, if I could help him, I would. Mm-hmm. And that shut McCoy up. Mm-hmm. Which in later episodes, when they needed more filler, it There's never would have There's a lot more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, and there was one other thing that we noticed right at the very end. Uh, there's uh, a nice shot of the, the crew standing at the navigation console because Kirk magically reappears and they all go, oh, oh no. back. Yeah, he was all clean. His clothes were fixed. And he's in regular boots And now. his leg was fixed. Yeah. He wasn't limping anymore. And they're all saying, oh, isn't it great your bag and blah, blah, blah. And it's a fairly wide shot of the console. And you can see the floor. And clearly marked on the floor are the marks in chalk. That's why they're called marks because they're chalk marks where everybody had to go stand. And you can actually see the actors come and they hit their marks exactly, they're perfectly positioned, Mm -hmm. that I thought it was very amusing that you could actually see the marks on the floor. Well, it was kind of fun, too, because um, this is one of the the DVDs, Mm -hmm. not the high-def things, but one of the DVDs you can buy right now, and we were watching it on the computer, which is a very high resolution, So, and it's bigger, so it's much better than we're going to see on my iPod, but it was amazing the stuff you could pick out. Mm -hmm. So... Spock's ears, you could really see where they were put on. Mm-hmm. You could see Kirk's toupee, actually. We both noticed that right from the very beginning. You could see the, the glue and the, the sort of the netting, netting that they Yeah, did. they must yeah. have had, like, the junior hair person on that week because they did a bad job with it. I mean, it wasn't a bad toupee. It was mm-hmm. a bad job of attaching it to him. Right. It didn't look good. Um, what else were we going to say? Oh, so, well, you were telling me that now in the remastered version of I this. I heard this. Haven't seen it, this. but I did hear this. Same. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, um, you know, a lot of speculation was, what are they going to do to the Gorn? Are they going to make him actually look like, you know, a believable living being? And uh, he blinks mm. in the in the new uh, reworked CGI'd episodes, mm-hmm. Blinking Gorn. I would like to see that. So if you've seen it, let us know what you think about Blinking Gorn. I would also like to talk a little bit about a, a controversy that arises out of this episode where, where people are going, oh, that Kirk would know, you know, to use the potassium nitrate, that, first of all, that he knew that's what it was. Because he took a big mouthful of it. <laughs> well, and that Spock recognizes it yeah, on the TV he can see screen. It, yeah. I bet, you know, I bet just looking at it, Spock can tell if it's Folgers or regular coffee. But anyway. <laughs> you is know, it cocaine or is it heroin? Yeah. He can tell just by looking. He yeah. can do it. Because he's Spock. But, you know, people say, is that realistic? Is that believable that Kirk would know that formula uh-huh. and could, could build it and everything? And I love that inspirational poster that Echo did of, um, that's why he's the goddamn yeah, captain. captain. Yeah. But I also want to point out what I thought was a great explanation that somebody came up with, and I did incorporate it into a story of mine. And that was, um, in arguing it online, Rabble Rouser, who used to write a Trek fanfic, said, well, it's possible that, you know, as a kid, he was, you know, involved in setting up the 4th of July fireworks sure. and would know about gunpowder. And I went, that is great. And I put that in a story mm-hmm. of mine. So it did pay off. And actually, in the story, I had him telling how it paid uh-huh. off because he knew how to defeat the Gorn. Yeah. Um, there was one thing that both of us questioned, and I have wondered this ever since the first time I saw that episode. So they show him finally, you know, the other shoe drops, and he figures out he has to make gunpowder, and he goes to this stand of bamboo in mm-hmm. Vasquez Rocks, which is a little odd. But anyway, um, so he grabs this very nicely cut <laughs> bamboo tube. How nice that it was pre-cut to the right mm-hmm. size and everything. And he picks it up, and he carries it around, and he goes to all these different locations to get all the things he needs. And he is, like, shoving stuff in the bamboo tube. Right. Now, it's a tube that's open at both ends. <laughs> but nothing falls out. <laughs> nothing falls out the bottom. How the hell did he manage that? I've always wondered that. Well, and you also pointed out that the vines that he uses for rope, that he goes through an elaborate <laughs> thing of playing around with this long, long vine to cut off. Like six or eight inches, because it was just too long. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So I always wondered how he kept all that shit from falling out the bottom of the tube. But it worked. But it's it's a great episode, and as I said, it's first season, so it's one of those early ones, and maybe even is the the first one in which Kirk or the crew of the Enterprise have to 
represent and therefore justify the existence of humanity, which mm-hmm. is a theme Trek has come back to, you know, yeah. many, many, many times. Yeah. But it's fun. Everybody should go watch it and, you know, be running that Roadrunner music in, in the back of your head during part oh, of it. Yeah. Oh, well, and what really made it a Roadrunner movie was when the Gorn was coming down the road. Yeah, <laughs> the road. Not a paved road, but a road it nonetheless. Definitely a road. Definitely a road. Um, and... <laughs> And I just wanted to say that as we were watching this and watching Bill outside, running around, being all manly and doing his thing, he must have had a ball when they were making this episode. Because he got to be on screen, the star, save the day. And do all this physical stuff. Physical stuff, you know, being smart and just doing everything and defeating the Gorn, Mano Agorno, (laughs) single-handedly. I'm sure it was one of his most favorite things to do. Yeah, and and there, you know, today we saw the defeated Gorn. Yeah. They sort of stuffed, stuffed him <laughs> and stood him up here at the exhibit for us, and that was all really nice. That was good. All right. Well, we're going to head back down to the Star Trek experience for the backstage tour. That's yes. what we're going to do right now. And then we're going to go to um, the store and buy some crap, right? Mm-hmm. And we are taking really fun Wonderful pictures. You guys are very much going to enjoy the slideshow. Definitely. Okay, so we'll be back soon.